Hi guys, welcome to the Black Man Answers Cosmo podcast. I'm your host, Chris Sanders. Uh, This show is sponsored by Manscaped.com. The code is Sanders20 for 20% off and free shipping. I'm going to tell you right now, I literally used the lawnmower tool the other day to, um, to clear my forest, if you will. And not kidding, guys. It was a great experience. I didn't get any nicks, didn't get any cuts. And I haven't had that in a long time. That's why sometimes, sometimes I just don't cut down there. I just don't want to deal with, you know, like the pain or the itching. To be honest with you guys, uh, I haven't had any any really bad itching issues either. So I'm kind of like, yo, maybe this might be the move from now on. You know, get a little bit of that, a little bit of the ball deodorant, a little bit of the cologne, and I'm good to go. I'm in these streets, baby. I'm fresh. Manscaped.com. Center 20 is the code. Free shipping, 20% off. Just saying, if you guys want something good, let them know that I sent you. So, with that said, uh, this week's episode features my father, Benny Sanders. He's 80 years old, or at least he will be later this year, as he, as he told me on the podcast. Um, <laughs> and that means with him comes a lot of life experience, a lot of really cool um, stories. He was part of the civil rights movement. I keep saying civils, but I know it's not. He was part of the civil rights movement, and he absolutely lived a life. He produced me at the age of 44. Uh, my mom was 26, which are always like, yo, that's really weird. How'd you even do that? Well, he'll tell you in this episode. You know, he also later produced my sister five years later, which tells you that he still has it going. He still got a little mojo popping, or at least he did um, almost 40 years ago. I don't know about now. I have no idea about now. That's weird. Anyway, that's part of this episode that's really funny, where my dad tries to help out with the, with the sponsorship. So stick around for that. Um, he, has, he jumps a lot of gems. He has a lot of life experience. Great, gives some great, great dating diatribes. And to me, this is our best episode we've ever done. Uh, so I don't know how we're going to top it. I have no idea. But uh, for now, I hope you guys enjoyed this talk with my dad. Uh, I love him so much. This is one of my favorite things I've ever done with him. And it was a great bonding experience. And I'm just so pumped. For, for this episode. So I hope you guys enjoy a talk with my father, Benny Sanders. Put your full name out there so people can find you. My full name is Benny Sanders. That's B-E-N-N-I-E. People don't need to spell your name. <laughs> uh, uh, the award that I got, yeah. I should have I spelled it to them and they still got it wrong. What did you get a reward for? I got an award, uh, a lifetime award from the UAW Local 551. Mm-hmm for my service I did for the union and for the people. So, like, what do you mean the people? Like, oh, that's right, because you were a, a district committee man at Ford. I was, I worked on, I was a district committee man, but mm-hmm. after district committee man, I moved up to what they call the bargaining committee. Okay, I didn't know that. And the bargaining committee man, it's only three in the plant. Mm-hmm. It's over the district. And they have to negotiate the contract and make sure that the company live up to the contract. They bargain. Right. And when the contract has come, you meet with the company officials, which was Ford Motor Company. Okay. And you negotiate the contract. That sounds fun. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I never really, I think growing up, I didn't really know, like, what you did, per se. Like, I was always just kind of like, my dad has a job. I knew you were on the line for, like, what, 30, 40 years? Well, I was on the line for about 20 years. 20 years, okay. I don't know why. I always say 40. I was, a, 40. I was an inspector. Okay. But before that, I was an assembler. Right. And um, and and during those periods, I ran for office several times, mm-hmm. you know, before I finally won, which right. is a testament to never give up. Yeah, don't give up. I mean, I mean you'll make it eventually, right? Maybe. I mean, you know what you're doing. So, basically, so here on the, on the podcast... 
Um, what we do is we answer a letter section of Cosmopolitan Magazine, and we try to give people like love and dating advice, and we also learn about people. What kind of advice? Love and dating. So like right now, like, I, don't, I don't know you don't know about this. Right now, like people use like apps to meet people. So like you know, I've been single like the whole like I think last like seven or eight months I think, and I've been like going online and I'll like see a girl's picture and go, oh, she looks cute, or read her profile. She's you know whatever, and I'll swipe right or I'll swipe left, and then I'll like meet a girl that way. So I'm, I'm actually really curious like. How did you meet women like back in your day? Because I think what you're turning eighty this year or next year? Is next year? I'm your dad. Yeah. And you don't know how old I am. I, I no, I'm asking you. I'm asking you to confirm. I know how old you are. I'm asking you to confirm. But you ask me when do I turn? You say I, I turn. I'm seventy nine. Okay. And I'll be uh, eighty on my next birthday, right. which is in March. Right. Okay. I know that. I'm just I'm making conversation for the podcast. People don't know that. Right. <laughs> so. What I'm asking is, how did how did you like meet women like back in your day? Like, how did you how did you like approach them? Like, what was like, what what advice could you give me now that I could use? In- I'm not bragging. Okay, you're not bragging. Don't brag. Most of the time, the women came and approached me. I have that same problem now. You do. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> then if they approach you, uh, then you just play cool. Right. You know, you I'm not good at that. Obviously. Uh, yeah, you cool. if they if they approaching you, yeah. must be good. They approaching you for a reason. Once they talk to me, they leave. <laughs> They leave. Now that they talk to me. Then you don't need to deal with them anyway. Okay, wait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, wait. You don't want no bad you going to leave you. So you, you know? okay, fair enough. That, yeah, fair enough. So wait, so you have no, you have no advice. People just came to you. No, you, you never approached anybody. Uh, you, you were yeah, not that some people, if I saw them, I would, you just make normal conversation. Like you don't what? have to go out your way and say, hey, haven't I met you somewhere before? And they'll look at you, but you don't go with that. You just say, uh, uh, depends on the situation where you are. If you uh, if you out, mm. don't always judge a woman by how they look. Okay, don't judge them by how they look? Not always. Not always. Okay, right, not always. Okay. And, you know, you get in a conversation with them and mm. see where they're coming from. And from that point on, you know, if they go out, you go on a nice, easy date, take mm-hmm. them out to McDonald's. Or, no, that's not uh, McDonald's. Yeah, is that, they, is they, that? if they refuse McDonald's, uh, uh, White Castle, that means they looking, <laughs> they looking for your money. Right. You know. So, but, but in the day when I was going out, uh, and you was at a lounge or at a bar, right, and you met a woman, mm-hmm. and you say, "Can I buy you a drink?" Right. And they would say, yeah. And you said, well, what are you having? They ordered the most expensive thing in the in the place. Savage. Uh, and, you know, like, well, this is what I always think. Of course, they ain't never drank that. Tell them you ask them what, 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 they, what, they, what they, they want. Drink. Yeah. You know? see, I, see, I think that's probably, that's, maybe that's why, like, I think in my generation, we don't do that as often. Like, I know I'm, I know me, like, I can have a rule. It's a, it's a joke well, rule that I don't buy girls drinks. I, always, I will not buy a girl drink. But the truth is, I'll buy you a drink once we conversate longer than an hour or 15, or maybe 20 minutes. I don't know, I'm going to be an hour. That's just a lot. But if we don't talk long enough where I feel like a reason to buy you a drink, I'm not just buying you a drink because you could. Well, the, the reason for that, because nowadays, and when I was coming up, mm. um, the men treated the women differently because they, the man is supposed to be, earn all the money and 
have all the smarts. Right. But nowadays, which I like about this generation, mm. they equal. You don't have to buy them no drink. Right, you don't. They can buy you a drink. Right, they can. And, and they should. Everything is, is equal. So, uh, you know, make sure they understand that. You know, they, they already understand. That's your generation, right. you know. Mm. When I came up, uh, guys would be nervous and and be scared to meet women because they put women on a pedestal. Yeah, over them anyway. Right, yeah, and and we, they should respect women. Right. You know that's yeah. how you got a lot of this. In fact, on, on the job, I wrote the first sexual harassment grievance mm. against Ford Motor Company. Tell me about that. Well, it was a, a young lady. Uh, and I was somewhat of a rebel. Now, I didn't go along with the group, the people that was in power. Right. I'm talking about the union people. Mm. You know, they went along with the company. They wouldn't do this. And, and, and Ernest, a lot of them, from my point of view, disrespected women, too. Right. And it was a young lady. Uh, she was always late coming to work. Mm. And they gave her uh, ultimatum. If you're late one more time... Mm. We're going to terminate you. Right. And so she was late. The last time she was late. And they, uh, so she called the superintendent of the department. And the superintendent said, well, come on in. And then the superintendent propositioned her. Right. What well, do you mean, like, like hit on her? Well, no, if you go to bed with me or sleep right. with right. me. You still got a job. Oh, so yeah, so you hit on her basically. Okay. You know. Yeah. So, so I was her representative. I was her committee, mm. and she came to me, and she told me. I said, "He said that to you," and she said, "Yeah." I said, "Well, we're gonna have to have a meeting anyway, right? If they want to terminate you, right?" So, she came to me, and I called the superintendent. Mm. And we had a meeting and we were sitting there. And I told the superintendent, I asked the superintendent, I understand that you propositioned her. And the superintendent said, oh, no, 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 I never did proposition her. Right. And so the young lady said, I said, what about that? She said, well, we've been friends. I said, wait a minute. So I called a timeout. I took her out of the office. I said, you're not going to make me look like a fool. Right. Either he propositioned you or he didn't. Right. Now, we're going back in there. If he did, then we'll take the next step. So we went back in there, and she repeated it. So I wrote a grievance. Right. I don't know if you know what a grievance is. I think I think I do. Uh, does it mean you wrote, like, um, a paperwork that, like, was a complaint? I, yeah, it was like a complaint. That's okay. Right. I wrote a grievance yes. against the superintendent. Okay. And... From that point on, the grievance went through the process, and then a lot of women uh, formed a group and they filed sexual harassment grievance against Ford Motor Company and NBC at that time. I'm going back over 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah. They did a story on it. NBC? NBC. Okay. A national story. Yeah. About the plant at local. Chicago Assembly Plan, mm -hmm. and and they did that story, and from that point on, the women in the plant, I was the only, only union rep that they would trust. Right. The president, the chairman, none of them. When they got in trouble, 
they look for me. Right. Oh, wow. Hey, so you, In so, fact, I was out to lunch at that time. We had beepers. Right. And they would beepers. Pay, oh, they would page you, and they call them beepers, and would go out. I remember beepers. I yeah, I was alive when we, when they had beepers because they had um because yeah. when I needed you when I, or when I would need something, I would I could um beep you nine one one, right? Right. Yeah, I remember that. And um, and one incident, they had some women. Mm. One of the supervisors had said something out the way to them. Mm. And so they came, labor relations came down, so we'll get, we'll get the president of the union. Hmm? We'll get the president of the union to come in and, um, and, and we'll talk about it. Hmm? And they said, no, no, no president, no chairman. We only want to see Benny Sanders. That's the only one we want to see. And so I was out to lunch and my people going off like mad. Right. So finally I came in from lunch. They said, We had a hearing here with these women. They wouldn't see nobody but you. Right. And I, of course, you know, I said, That's a wise choice. Yeah. So. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going. It's a wise choice. So so I went in, I met with them, and they took a medical leave. And uh, eventually, the women got millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, some like some of them, I think. But they had to uh, once they settled, then Ford had to run uh, classes on how to treat people and what sexual harassment was, mm-hmm. and for everybody that came into the plant. And uh, and the, the first young woman that I represented, mm-hmm. she got three hundred thousand dollars. But the catch was, once they accept the settlement, they could not work for the company anymore. Right. Makes sense. Except for two women. They took the money, but they wouldn't sign that waiver. Right. And they, I think they still at the plant today. Wow, really? Yeah. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. So, like, okay. So, do you have anything else you feel like that you, like, you've made, like, a big stride in or, like, made big changes? I know you've been, like, part of, like, the civil rights movement and things like that, too. Uh, yeah, well... I can tell you about the march on Washington. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I, I mean, the like I said, I've always been a little bit radical. Right. And we knew they was having the march on Washington. Wait, so this is like the Million Man March or, or different? No, one? the one that Martin Luther King gave that yeah. I had a dream mm-hmm. speech. You were there? I wasn't there because I refused to go. Why'd you refuse to go? Because the, the first when they proposed the march, they said they was going to lie down in the street right. and tie Washington up. <laughs> they was going to go to the airport. Uh-huh. That's what the groups were saying. Yeah, yeah. They was going to go to the airport and not let any trains go out, no buses run. They were just tie Washington up. Right. And what uh, John Kennedy did, he got with um, Martin Luther King mm-hmm. and some of the other civil rights leaders. And he said, I tell you what, uh, let's make the march peaceful. Well, I, we wasn't peaceful people. Right. You know. You weren't? No. I said we were going to lie down in the street. Right. And so so they had the march. And um, and see, a lot of people don't know this, but mm-hmm. when King gave that speech, I Have a Dream, mm-hmm. uh, Malcolm X came out and said, while, Cre- while King was having a dream, the masses of black people 
was having living a nightmare. The masses of black people were having a nightmare. Living a nightmare. Living a nightmare. King, while King was having right. A while, while he was driven. Oh, so I get it. So while that was while, his, he, while he was, that was while he was dreaming while he was dreaming, right. blacks were living a nightmare. Right. Jeez. All right. <coughs> and, and we uh, and when I was younger, when I was a teenager, mm. they had stores called High Low Foods. High Low. And the people. And own Hilo. Mm. These are the grandkids now. Right, they're the old Mariano's or Mariano's now. Yeah, they own Mariano's now. That's but crazy. we met the woman who was over Hilo, mm. Mrs. Roney, mm -hmm. and they got the ice cream and milk now. Mm -hmm. But what happened, me and my friend Harold Hill, mm -hmm. and and this to show you, you're going to protest and yeah. have a successful protest with what you do. Okay. You, we went to Mr. Springfield. He owned a small grocery store, and he gave us some these placards mm. and some notebooks. And what we did, we went to canvas the whole neighborhood door to door, and we told the neighborhood people, "Look, we're going to boycott Hollow Food Store on such and such a date." All we want you to do is an honor and not to go in. Right. And would you sign it? They would sign it. And then we got the other young people in the neighborhood, and we had them the whole signs up that said Jim Crow at Hilo. And we stood out in front of Hilo on a, on a Thursday and a Friday and a Saturday. And the people were saying in Jet Magazine mm -hmm. and... And uh, the newspapers, they came down in Time Magazine, and and we was marching. And during those three days, only two people went in that store. Right. Jeez. On that Saturday, Mrs. Roney came and met with me and Harold Hill. How are you, then? I'm about 17 or 18. All right, 17 18. Okay. And, um, and met with me and Harold Hill. And we went to her office. I was just intrigued because she had this big cat-like, mm -hmm. big fur coat. And mm -hmm. I mean, when and she when the phone rang, we didn't have cell phones at that time. You know, just a regular phone. And the phone rang. Her aide would grab the phone and put it up to her ear, mm -hmm. and she would talk. So she said, "Well, Harold and Benny, uh, we're gonna uh, hire some stock boys, some cashiers." And let the kids at that time look kids would wait outside the store, right? And, and had their wagons and would pull the people's groceries. So down. wasn't the whole thing because they weren't hiring like, like any like blacks in the stores? But no, they wouldn't. There? They wouldn't hire any blacks at that store. Right? Oh, they wouldn't. No, okay. they went in and tried to get jobs on Seventy Ninth. You said on Seventy Fourth and Cottage, just not there anymore. Right? Jeez. Yeah. And uh, she said the only thing we can give you is. Is the butchers because that's controlled by the union. Right. So we, and then at that time, they had an agency, I think they still exist, called Star Detective Agency. Mm -hmm. And that was a black owned agency. Mm -hmm. In fact, they came and offered me and Harold a large sum of money to take the picket sign off. Oh, really? Because Hilo, mm -hmm. they, had, they had a contract with Hilo right. too. And I remember the guy, look, you young boys don't know what you're doing. Now look at here. Let's get the, the ring. Get out of here. Get out of here. And say, you Uncle Tom. Uh, Uncle Tom. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, 
mean, that's just something to highlight. Though. Oh, I know, I know, I get it. You know, and so then, so then, so basically, you guys got them to hire black people. Yeah, in their, own, in their own neighborhood. Finally, right? They hired. That's crazy. In fact, they had people who come from Hilo had a bunch of stores just like Jewel, mm -hmm. and they and it was just that particular store. Right, when they hire. didn't hire. They hire. They had some black that worked at the other store. In fact, they sent one of the blacks to us. Mm -hmm. Said, look, I've been working for Hilo for so many years, and they're good folks. <laughs> and, uh, Is that how he talks? And, yeah. And, <laughs> you know how, and he was scratching. You know right. how you scratch when you don't eat? Right. And giggle when you ain't tickled. Mm -hmm. he was what? What? Like, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> he was running what? <laughs> what? Wait, 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 wait. Scratch when you don't itch and giggle when you're not tickled. That's what, Uncle, that's what you call it, Uncle Tom back then. I've you? never heard of this before. Yes, I'm going. Yes, I'm still like that. Yeah. 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 And, uh, giggle when you don't tickle. I'm, I'm still in that. And uh, we said, so you, Tom, get out of our face, you know. And, you know, that's the early thing. Mm-hmm. That I, I can recall. I'm, I'm. You what? Uh, I know. I I met Malcolm X. I saw him. Mm -hmm. I saw King give his last speech. Mm -hmm. Martin Luther King saw at um, the Coliseum. Mm -hmm. And that don't exist anymore. Right. It's not. It's on Wabash. He gave his, his last speech, and he made a thing where he said, "We will be heard." And at that time, if he was active in the movement, what he meant. That was a, a letter, that was a, a message to, excuse me. Yep, you're good. Just don't, <laughs> yep, bless you. That was a message to J. Edgar Hoover. Mm -hmm. Because at that time, J. Edgar Hoover claimed he had some tapes and some pictures of King with other women and right. whatnot. Yeah, I heard about this before. And King told him, and he told King, now you be, King had spoken out against the Vietnam War. And that's when a lot of people got mad with him. They told, he told them, you act like you're a civil rights leader. You don't speak on nothing else. Right. So that's why when King gave that speech at the Coliseum, the last one in Chicago, he said, we will be heard. And right. King started speaking out. Mm. You know, so, and I remember one time sitting in on a meeting uh, with Mayor Daly, and these were some, Black policemen, we were talking about Mayor Daly, was telling them what to do, <coughs> what to do uh, about King coming to Chicago. Mm -hmm. So I, I recall that, and I saw I met Malcolm X when he came to Chicago when he was with the Nation of Islam. And um, anything else? I mean, I'm just, I'm, just letting, I'm just letting you kind of get your stories off them because I feel like you had, like, a very, like, I guess, like, obviously long, but, like, a very, like, detailed and, like, inter like good like good life. So I'm just kind of active, curious. Active. Active. Let's call that. Yeah. So I feel like... In fact, when, uh -huh. we, when, we get, when I started at Ford, mm -hmm. they didn't have any black supervisors. At all? Uh, no black inspectors. Jeez. And they had a group that had formed out there called Unity. Mm -hmm. And so I joined that group. And, and we would meet every week. We demanded we want a black supervisor, black inspectors. And that's how I become, became an inspector. We made them change the test they gave. They had a test that said that in order to be an inspector, you had to know how to read a blueprint. Right. But the only thing you were doing on the job was checking to see if a nut or a boat was missing. Right. <laughs> 
hospital, and we marched up to the plant manager's office mm. and demanded that they get some black inspector and they changed it and they changed the test and get more black supervisors. Hmm. And they did do that. See, that makes me feel like I haven't achieved anything in my life yet because I feel like I haven't done anything well, the, the, near as big as that. No, the that thing one. is is that hopefully you won't have to do that. Because so hopefully we made changes right. where you won't have to do that. Right. So, But a lot of people don't know it. Right. And they used to have hmm. uh, a lot of the white workers out there and mm -hmm. they were supporting uh, the Klan mm -hmm. because a lot of them came from down south and got jobs. Right. There. And uh, George Wallace, they would have meetings across the street from the plant and they would come back with these big buttons with George Wallace's picture on Because George Wallace was like, wasn't he? Um, in segregation. Yeah, he stood yeah. in the door of the University of Alabama mm -hmm. refused to let blacks come in. But he after he got shot and paralyzed, he became more friendly towards. Well, him. I guess he became more like, more sympathetic. I guess maybe because now that he's a not a minority himself, but like I think being disabled puts you in a different group than like the able-bodied people. I don't know. So he's, you almost have more compassion. Well, maybe. He said the spirit of Jesus hit him. So I don't oh, know. Oh, okay. Well, that it hit Kanye West this year, so it could happen to anybody, I guess. So all right, something like this. So um, I don't know. This this last year, I have been, I guess. And that's changing like topics entirely. We're just thinking out loud. Um, I have been like you know like dating quite a bit. Um, do you have any advice for me or anyone like myself who's just trying to figure out kind of um, you know what to do with their lives to like make themselves more? I don't know. It's more interesting. I think for one point like my like my new job right. I told you before. I'm the only black person that works there, and I think that because because they just they're like a new company. They're just hiring people now. Uh, they hire other minorities. But I'm the first black person at least that I see. And I'm just thinking out loud, like, you know, how do I make myself, like, stand out in, like, a crowd like that? And <laughs> You do stand out. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. Now nah, you can stand out. Yeah. The thing is, how are they treating you? I mean, they're treating me really nice. I mean, well, everybody, that's, I mean that's they're, they're all, everybody's, really, everybody's really, really nice. That's there. the main thing. I mean, honestly, I've been I've been struggling a little bit with, like, the, the um, mechanics of a second part of my job. Because I'm not good, you know, I'm not good at math. I'm not good at, at budgeting and stuff. So, or I'm going to be like this. I'm good at budgeting. I don't like math. I don't like numbers. Mm -hmm. And so they had me doing number and budget stuff, and I'm like, yo, I don't want to do this. Like, I want to, like, lead my team. I want to push them towards success. I want to, like, motivate them. And that's what my whole job is supposed to be. But in this role, because it's more of a um, startup position, they had me taking on, on parts of my job that aren't, like, that aren't traditionally part of that role. Like, PMs don't normally worry about money <laughs> as much. They got me worried about money right now. And so I guess I'm asking because I feel like when I go on dates and stuff, I... Tend to like I gloss over my job because that's the least inter interesting thing about me. Because my old job was fun. I had like you know I was a video producer. I was making like cool stuff. Uh, I was just doing the YouTube thing more full time. And now I feel like I'm just kind of like working in a job. I just go to nine to five. So I'm trying to like stand out a little bit more um, when I talk to people. And like you well, know. what you have to do is what you're doing like with this podcast. What do you mean? You're doing this podcast. Right, I am right. Okay, do your job. Then when your job is over, mm -hmm. do this because you enjoy this. You know, and and you got two folks. Don't, don't make your job a burden. Just go on and do the job, and then right. it come to you. I guess I always kind of wanted to be that person that, like, you know, like I I live for my passion. So I kind of like, you know, I. You but know, you can do that outside of your job. Right. Keep that income coming in. Right. Then once you get enough income. Right. And you can do your own thing. I guess it's hard because I feel like I've 
I don't want to spend eight hours a day doing something I'm like meh about. Like like I like I like project management. I like my job. I don't love the math part of it, and I, I'm annoyed I even have to do it. Right. Well, <laughs> well, learning that it keeps you keeps keep you from being stressful. That's true. Because you're trying to learn something new. That's true. Because that's like I I had somebody who was gonna. Uh, Help me write a book. Mm, who's that? <laughs> and I gave them the paperwork. I got the paperwork. And they was going to do the illustration. Yep. And I've been waiting <laughs> and waiting. Well, you know what it was? And waiting. Well, when and I got you it, know okay, what? okay. You know what I, you know I decided? Uh-huh. Uh I said, well, look, I'm retired. Right. You know. You want to learn how to draw? And, uh. Yes, you, I can draw. you cannot draw. Yes, I can. I've seen you draw. You cannot draw. No, you haven't seen me draw. Yeah, I have. I've seen no, your you drawings. They're you not good. You saw me sketching. Okay. But anyway, I decided, well, look, <laughs> I know my English and English language, uh, written language, right. I yep. have a problem with it. Right. So you know what I'm going to do? What are you going to do? I'm going to learn how to do the proper grammar. Okay. And the proper drawing. And I'm also... Mm -hmm. I'm going to learn how to do illustration. So here's the thing. Already, and you and, know what? Okay, what? I said, Have you done it yet? By the time I get <laughs> through learning all that uh, and get to the book, uh, won't nobody want to read it anyway, no, but it, I'm going to do it. Here's the thing. So, the only, so for spoiler, it was me. I, so the only reason I didn't do the illustrations was because I lost my job around the same time we got all the stuff down. And I had to focus on that, and I just kind of forget after that. <laughs> but... I'm now I'm not I'm not employed. I could probably do it. The other thing is too, I don't know how to put that book together. I'm like, I want to talk. I want to figure out how to find a publisher or someone. And I go, hey, like, what are my steps before I submit a book to you? So we should know what we're doing. I feel like we like you know. Well, first, once you get the illustrations and the, and, right? and the words on there, I could do the rest. But you, you, wait, you mean like reaching out to people? Can you do yeah. that? So that's the part. Very good. I think I know you are. I think that that's the thing. I think we need to do first. I think we should like figure out. What our path is, because before we make a book, I mean, we should like go and say, "Hey, no, if we want to submit a book to you, if we want to submit a book to you later, how do we get it to you? Like, what like, what are the steps? What does it look like? You get the book, get the book first, first? and okay. get it copyrighted. Okay, fair enough. You don't give that's nobody the idea, right? And they can steal it from you. Right, I know. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to give them well, you get, anything. Get yet. the book and copy it. If they don't want it, at least you got it. Right. You know, My, if see, nobody else read it, I'll read it. That's fair. That's a lot of, I mean, you know, nowadays people are even going like self-published for like kids' books and stuff too. So, I mean, the idea is a kid's book. It's about stuff that Lexi said. I don't want to give anything away because, you know, I want to keep that, you know. In fact, quote. it was my, uh, my ear doctor one suggested that I write down on the thing. Oh, the thing she said. Right. So, right, though, that's pretty smart. Ha has she said anything new that you would like include in a, in a later edition of the book? So I feel like like she's getting old. Like my niece is eight. Well, she's eight now. She's eight now. But, but uh, would she? Uh, she always say something clever. Yeah, I mean, the one thing she said to me that stood out is kind of funny to me. But it's about like race. So like we were hanging around, blah blah. blah and I think somebody said like she's black. She goes, I'm not black. I'm brown. And I go, What do you mean? She goes, Have you seen a crayon? Do I look like this black crayon? I'm like, You do not. You do not at all. So you're a brown person. Yeah. Well, but. one thing I remember about her when Trump was running for president, mm -hmm. and he was on the TV talking about something. She said, "What is he talking about? Nobody's gonna vote for him." <laughs> you know, but you know, you got elected. You got elected, so. right? So she doesn't know everything. All right, so let's switch gears. We're gonna jump into the accident anything section. So if you guys don't know, um, 
the podcast, you know, we, we have you know, conversations and we jump into the questions. Um, this magazine, Cosmo, has taken this out of the out of the books. So I have a few old magazines that still have a section, and I want to save them for my dad so we can do a, a last, like, actual Cosmo Q&A. Because going forward, we'll do a Q&A where you guys can write in and ask us questions. Uh, you can do that literally by reaching out to me on Twitter, uh, at, you know, at Cis Andreas. Um, and then I'm also going to, you know, be on YouTube still, so feel free to reach out to me there. Search Chris Sanders in any YouTube search engine. I'll pop it right away. You'll see me next to a Pokeball. And that's how you'll get us questions for now until I get an email address. I should probably do that now, but being lazy. Uh, and before I also jump in, we do have a sponsor. The sponsor is Manscaped. You go to manscaped.com, you use the code SANDERS20 to get 20% off, and then you get free shipping, and you get the stuff. So you may be wondering, what is Manscaped? Do you know what Manscaping is? Do you know what that is? Manscaping. 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 I have no idea. Okay, manscaping is where you like. You, um, mm, weird because you're my dad. I'm saying this out loud. Um, it is where you groom yourself down there. Like you like you know like with balls. Like they, have, they have like they have a spray. Like spr- yeah, groom yourself. So like cutting the hair down there. Um, they have like cutting a, the hair down there. Down there. You know so well. What do you mean down where? Your pubes. <laughs> <laughs> We're adults. That, that's the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. Well, well, they're paying us. Go ahead. Well, they're paying us, so I don't. It's not ridiculous anymore. Uh-huh. So you know, so they, so they gave me a kit for free. I got a pair of um of tremors. <laughs> I, got, I did. I got a pair of tremors. I got some ball deodorant. I got cologne. <laughs> and it it's pretty. I don't know. It, I think it. I haven't done it yet, actually. But I think it works. I had a friend of mine smell it. She said it smells good. Not that like the cologne stuff. Wow. Um, so yeah, I mean I don't. I guess, well, this new generation. New generation. Good man, luck to you. Manscaping. So anyway, so Sanders twenty twenty percent off. Manscaped, their sponsor. They are not that ridiculous, <laughs> but it is kind of funny though. So wait, so you never heard that before? Like you never heard just like you know grooming it? So it's kind of like so the girls not, are like, not grooming down. Yeah, there. so so girls are like yeah, thanks for doing that, man. Yeah. Yeah, like no, when you meet somebody, that's the first thing you do. What? Manscaping. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, no, I mean, no wonder you have problems meeting women. That's, <laughs> that's not the way to approach now. <laughs> but for those, uh-huh. I would say this for those that listen to that, uh-huh. I prefer that they get yours yeah. than somebody else's. Yeah, please. Okay. Please. So, Sanders 20, 20% off, free shipping, Manscaped. I also, you do not. You don't walk up and go, "Hey, I've been manscaped." You just kind of you, you let it just you let it breathe, let it happen, and if, if you if it happens later, then she'll thank you. It's maybe. Do they have womenscaping? Uh, I mean, this brand no, but women can't use the products. I mean, it's nothing. You, you can't not use it, so it is what it is. But yeah, not too bad. So let's jump into more awkward conversations. <laughs> All right, so people written into this magazine. I'm just gonna like just jump in and let you answer these questions. I'll try to help if I can. Um. Again, this is the whole dating app generation, so a little bit different. Um, this girl wrote in and asked, "What's something wild I can say to a dating app match to get him to respond right away?" So you want somebody to give her an instant response. So like, you want him to like, like, "Hey, that girl, what should she say? What should she say to the guy to get him to respond like quickly?" You mean they just met the girl? No, they didn't meet her. No, so <laughs> so yo, you get a dog here. So in the app. Hey, Shh, you're okay, you're okay, you're okay, you're okay, you're okay, no, I know, it's all right. No, we got a dog, it's fine, it's going to happen. So, rock with the dog barking, it's fine. So, basically on the app, you haven't met the person at all, you just know the person. 
You'll be okay. You'll be okay. You'll be okay, Pastor. Jasper. Jasper, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. We got this. Yeah. It's okay, boy. I'm leaving this in the podcast. He'll be okay. All right. So basically in the apps, what happens is you see a girl's picture, they'll see your picture, you both decide you think each other is attractive, you swipe on each other, you go, yes, yes, yes. So the, basically now that you matched, someone has to write the person first and say something. What's, a, what's something she can say to get the guy to respond quickly? Um, or gives attention? Uh, well, man has big ego. Mm-hmm. So you say, I think you look very nice. And you seem to be very intelligent. That's actually a really good. That's a really good point. I think anytime I don't have that big of an ego, but anytime a girls come in, instantly like complimenting me, I'm more inclined to respond. I think you're right. Okay, cool. Uh, let's see, my buddy wants me to set him up with one of my girlfriends, but the truth is, I don't want that responsibility. How do I tell him? So basically, he wants me set up, but he doesn't really want to. You know, this friend doesn't want to doesn't want to deal with that. I'm asking. That's a weird question. Let's try it again. My buddy wants to be set up with one of my girlfriends, but the truth is I don't want that responsibility. How do I tell him that? I get it. So basically you don't want to play match. That person doesn't want to play matchmaker. Okay. Yeah. What would I say? What, yeah. what I would advise him to do, mm-hmm. and I agree with that. Right. Uh, uh, you don't be, a, in fact, I, I introduce a friend of mine. I just, I just say uh, <clears throat> if I didn't, one of my girlfriends, that's yeah. a little... Weird there. Yeah, it is. You know. <laughs> so if it was one of my girlfriends I like, and I would just tell them, look, this is one of this my, my girlfriends. Right. And she don't care for me introducing her to somebody right. else. So I think that he means, like, girlfriends. She means, like, girlfriends. Like, friends, right? Like, a girl that's oh, a friend. Right. Oh, well, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. First, I would uh, tell her, mm-hmm. ask if she would like to meet someone. Right. Yeah. Actually, I have that happening right now. I have a, girl, a friend of mine that uh, works in my building. I, I let let him know first. Let right. her know first. Right. And before I just go on and introduce him. Right. I would too. And then I would tell them, well, let me let me let her know and see how she feel right. about meeting somebody new. Yeah. Not necessarily you. Right. But somebody else. Because you don't know the situation. I, I have a friend doing that right and now. Right. And if you like her. Right. Uh, then you go meet them. Right. I mean, honestly, it's, it's a lot of pressures. I, I feel like I don't prefer to meet people that way, but it may not be that bad. I know I have a, a friend of mine that I uh, work in my works in my building, and she goes, well, one of my coworkers thinks you're cute. Uh, would you want to meet her? So I start talking to her about it. And I'm like, let me see a picture. See a picture of the girl. She's she's cute. And I don't know how we're going to interact with each other, but I'm already like nervous to even do it because I don't want there to be any pressure where I have to be like a certain thing, you know? Well, I know when I was coming, a lot of time women would like men and their girlfriends <coughs> would come and tell me. Right. You know, so-and-so had been looking at you and been talking about right. you, something like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't like that. I mean, I rather, honestly, I just rather almost, I mean, maybe I'm just spoiled now because of this generation. I just like kind of like meeting a person online first, getting a little bit of details about them, going to meet them myself. We have the same expectations. And then we just kind of like see if we gel or not. Like I met a girl like fairly recently that like we just we gel really well together, and that's just what it is. I'm just letting that happen. You know, we do what together? we gel. Like we we have a good I like jello. No, uh, maybe maybe, maybe. Yeah. we have a good what's the word? We I have mean, a good um, shaking and we, not shaking. Bacon. I mean sometimes we have a good rapport. Right. Okay. I know. Shake, we shaking, and shaking and bacon. You, you come together. Yeah. You. Yeah. You got a lot of interests and not even that. It's just it's so funny. We don't have but that. You have fun being around. Yes, we don't have that much in common, and I've been like a little worried about that actually. I'm kind of like, 
We don't have the money to have that. In fact, it's best if you don't have anything. He's, really? You think so? Yeah. Why? Because it's making it more interesting. Suppose you like uh, you like to read opera, and they like hip hop. Mm -hmm. You know, and then you say, "Well, look, I'm going to take you to an opera." Right. With hip hop. Right. Just like hip opera. Just like Hamilton. Right. That's a hip hop. Have you seen it yet? I haven't seen that. I haven't either. All right. But that's what it is. Yeah, it is. You're right. It's based on hip hop. Yeah. It's a hip hop. It's a hip hop historical piece. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you. Could, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I guess I've always kind of been like of a mind, and like I want someone to kind of like share my interests, so that we can like kind of I don't know like love the same things. But I guess it is more interesting if you guys like different stuff. Right. Because then you can learn some of what she like, and she can learn some of what you like. Right. That's true. And you can teach, and then that give you. Like you doing something. A little bit of a boost, yeah. yeah. That's fair. You know, I guess I've done that too. I guess a lot of the girls I've dated work into like the whole nerd stuff, like the anime and the video game stuff I'm into. And I like show them how that works for me. But, yeah, but most people I would think, mm -hmm. besides their job, mm -hmm. you know, they don't talk about that anyway. They right. do the outside interest. True. Hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Oh, all right. I like this. All right. Okay, let's jump into the next question. Um, that's funny. All right. This woman asked this question. Feel free to answer it. Why do you? Why? Why do you? Why do men love sitting on the toilet for so long? Well, because that's probably, it depends on who they're with. Right. What do you mean? If it's somebody that's boring and and demanding mm -hmm. and bossy, right? The toilet is a place of heaven. <laughs> You know, that's the place you can sit down and relax. Are you describing my mom? Uh, are you describing my mom? Just no, I would never do that. <laughs> not to the public. Not to the public. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna throw it out there. <laughs> Smart man. But now nah, I'm just saying that's with anybody. Yeah. You know, and even say if you had, if you had work mm -hmm. with somebody, mm -hmm. and and your boss, the, where do people go if they got? If they want to get away from something, they say, I got to go to the bathroom. Right, that's true. And they go exactly. there, and they figure out all the world's problems. They hang out. Yeah, honestly, that's true. So, I think that, so this was my first job at, like, right out of school, uh, when I was working at, working at Restaurants Place, Restaurants America. Um, they didn't give me that much work to do. So I was just kind of, like, bored. So I would just go to the bathroom, like, constantly, and just kind of hang out. And it sounds kind of weird. I would lay on the floor. <laughs> I would, like, think to myself. <laughs> I would, like, go, hmm. How do I get out of this job? <laughs> this, and I think I had that job before they had smartphones. But it's also, you know where people go? Mm -hmm. and, yeah, that's what people use now, phone calls. People don't read papers or magazines anymore. I do. You know. But you could go in the bathroom, read an article, mm -hmm. and come out and say, Ooh, and then you're going to relieve yourself, right. too. You but, know? Yeah, that too. But I've, I've been told that's how you, <laughs> this is a really random term. I've been told that's how you get hemorrhoids, but someone told it too long. That's not true. Right. Hemorrhoids is not based on that. What is it based on? Hemorrhoids is maybe what you eat. Right. Oh, it is. And you, yeah, and you, uh, and, and you, and you can't use the bathroom properly. Right. And you get the hemorrhoids in the back. Yeah, it affects it's what you eat. You got yeah. these food that help you, you help your bowels move easy. Like fiber. Yeah, fiber or whatever. It's cherry juice. Right. Really? Or whatever you know. Uh, Vegetables yes. build you up. Right. And fruits clean you out. Interesting. So what about all these people doing those doing those diets like um what is it called? You know the keto diet where you like can't eat that much fruit, but you eat a bunch of vegetables. 
Well, that's to build you up. Right. Vegetables build you up. Right. Fruits clean you out. Right. In fact, if somebody is constipated mm -hmm. and and they want to clean themselves out, uh, here's what I suggest, and I know it works. Go for it. Okay. You get up in the morning, get you an uh, eight-ounce glass of water. Eight-ounce Not glasses. cold. Not cold. And cut your apple up. Okay. And eat that apple. Eat the apple. And drink that water. Drink the water. And I guarantee you, you would love Yo. going to the bathroom. Wait, why... Why can't the water be cold? Because you, the the coldness of the water don't have the warmth. Like if you're doing an enema, mm -hmm. and then you do an enema, uh -huh. it's with warm water. You, have you had that yet? Uh, you I've had one when I was uh, uh, in the hospital. Okay. Yeah, I was in my 20s. Really? Yeah. Jeez. When you go to the bathroom, they have to clean your body right. out. Right. right. Okay. I've not had to do that yet. No, well... Well, you got hemorrhoids? No, not anymore. Oh, why? I had them. I don't know. It just went away. You had them? Yeah. It, it don't just go away. Is that you change your diet? Yeah, I changed my diet. Yeah, it was you know. it was weird. Like, I, actually, I've not told anybody about it because it was kind of embarrassing. It was kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, but now but, you're telling the world. I don't tell anybody anything. Podcast. It's fine. People will deal with it. They'll, they'll get over it. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll still have friends <laughs> when it's over. Who? Hopefully, I'll still have friends and the girls will still talk to me. But I'm like, I, I, I've done it. It happened. It was weird. Like, I don't know what's happening. Well, but tell me you use that kit that you have. I use Preparation H. Manscaped. <laughs> Manscaped <laughs> has nothing to do with enemas. <laughs> it's in that area. Or hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> Sanders 20. 20% off. Manscaped. Thank you. Uh, all right. So, last one I'll ask. All right. Now, this might be something like you may not even like grasp because I think I've been dealing with it more and I don't even like playing these games. So, when you text a girl now, you when you text girls, I've been told that what you should do is, if they text you and they wait like a day to respond back to you, you wait a day to respond back to them. That's to me, that's playing games. I don't like playing games like that. Uh, so this question, but, yeah, go ahead. But what are you texting? Like you know, I mean, it depends on what you text. Right, that's what true. are you saying in the text? Right. So like, I mean, sometimes it's just like, hey, what's up? Or how's your day going? Or it's you know, like what I've been told is, and then it's actually the, the podcast before you. I had Michael Bonds on. You know, Michael Bonds grew up with me and one of my best friends. Um, he said, you know, like kind of a little bit of a of approach of his, of, um, what do you say? Mike said, basically, oh, only use text to like set up dates. Don't use it to, to like learn somebody, which is kind of funny. After he said that, I had been talking to a, I had been talking to a girl via text for like maybe a week cause she was gone on vacation. And then the day of our date, she wrote me and goes, Hey, I want to waste your time. Um, you know, uh, I'm not feeling it. That's it. I'm like, you haven't met me yet. You didn't even meet me yet. Well, you, you take it, believe me. Yo, I know. I if somebody you. is mm -hmm. like Maya Angelou said, right. somebody My tell Angelo. you who they are. Angelou. Mm -hmm. She said, they say, use this about Trump. Okay. Somebody tell you who they are. Right. But if somebody tell you who they are, believe them. Okay. And leave them the hell alone. <laughs> you know, that's funny because I feel like, I think I've, I've, I can tell a difference when a girl likes you, when a girl is like just kind of playing games a little bit. Or just playing hard to get. Every everybody play games. Yeah, I don't. I don't. And if you, I'm, pre I'm pretty straightforward. If you're a female, I'm straightforward, man. If you're a female, you gotta play games. Why? To learn who you dealing with. Okay, wait. So say that again. So wait. So if somebody knows, shows you who they are, you leave them alone. Right. They've already told you. Right. And the only somebody, if somebody, if somebody said they don't feel it. Right. And you say you don't know me. Right. Then just take it for granted. 
that you know them now. Right. Ooh. You, you know them because they say they don't feel it. Right. And don't try to go out and make them feel it. Right, that's true. Yeah, yeah you can't. I mean, I guess you hear all these stories where, like, I have a lot of friends who, like, are married now to people or, or um, dating people that they originally were like, I didn't like them at first. And then all of a sudden it came around, you know? Yeah, that happened. So like I think, you, yeah. You know, like the old saying, you don't know. A lot of people say, you don't know anybody until you marry. Right. Uh, you know. That's a, that's a big risk. I don't want to do that you again. <laughs> but, but you think you know them. That's why you married them. Right. You thought you knew. You know. Right. So I mean, I'll say like my last relationship, uh, we lived together, and I think we got to know each other a lot better because we lived together. We were married, but I think it kind of unveiled a lot of things that we I didn't know would be there, and that like if I didn't live with her, I think I would have kind of like I don't know, maybe like let me let me yeah, tell you, it's yeah, a guy so, so. I used to work with, real nice Charlie, mm -hmm. and him and this woman he had got the job at Ford, started working, making good money, mm -hmm. and him and this woman they lived together for 12 years. Mm. Then after he had been out there at Ford for three years, 15 years they had lived together. Right. And then they got married. Right, wow. And two years later, they divorced? He said she changed completely. From getting married? Huh? Why? After they got married. Why does that make a difference? I mean, what he said was she had the ring. Right. So now she felt secure. And she could do or say or act the way she wanted. Wow. You know, so. Wow. He said, but he couldn't believe it. He said he thought everything would remain like it was. Right. He said, but after he put that ring on her fingers and said, I do, mm -hmm. when he should have said, I don't, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, he said, everything completely changed. You know, it's, it's funny, like, you know, you know, I'm like, I'm divorced. So, like, I, like, I want to get married again. Um, a few of my friends said, don't do it. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Why are they going to prescribe to you not to do it? If you get in any relationship, mm -hmm. whether you're married or not, right. it's not going to be Mr. Perfect. Right. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, it's not. <laughs> I know. And, and you got to, but, uh, but you got to, uh, like I say, mm -hmm. you got to be the head. Right. And she got to be the neck. Right. And the head can't move without the neck. Right. If it ain't mm -hmm. like that, so but you did the best thing. Don't don't linger into nothing. Right. It ain't getting no better. Right. It's causing you stress. Right. You don't need that. That's true. I don't. But you got to be fifty fifty. You can't. Yeah. It's it's hard because like in, this, in that situation, like you know, I was. I mean, obviously, I was in love. So it's like I would I would have done anything to make that work, even though it was still difficult. Well, well, see, then you have to do like the person told you. Right. She said she didn't feel it. Right. And you tried. Right. And she didn't feel it. Right. Get out of it. Get out of it. If you can't feel it, don't get in there. <laughs> no, you're going to feel it. Right. But once the feeling go. Right. You know. See, the, feel, I don't, the thing is, the feeling didn't ever go. It was just like, it just wasn't working. Like, was. like, like even now, I think, like, you know, the feeling you can't, doesn't go. It just was not working. You When you go into something, uh, you got to see how it's working. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's why a lot of people, especially rich people, and mm -hmm. I think people... Uh, really, whether they're rich or not, they mm. sign these agreements. Mm. What's it called? The prenups, prenups, right. yeah. That's a good thing to have. Yeah. And then, because they're trying to prenup, because they know 90% of the marriage is it, not going to last it's, for a lifetime. It's, it's 50, I think 50% in a divorce now. I think that's the rate. But so, then, I, mean, I mean, I don't know. Me personally, like, I would like to sign a prenup. 
next time around, but I know he kind of also says you don't have faith in a relationship lasting. Right, but you're also right. like, you don't know what's going to happen. In my mind, it's like, it's not saying I don't have faith in it. It's saying that I'm protecting myself in case anything and, happens because life, is, life you, is ever changing. And what you tell them is that uh, if you really care for me, mm. like you say, mm. and things do change, mm. you know, and Jackson, are you the same as you were 10 years mm. ago? Are you the same as you were 10 years ago? Mm. And they said, no. I said, have you evolved yet? I have you went back. back. Have you regressed yet? You know, yeah, you changed. So just sign this mm. and uh, let's see what happens. That's not going to work. <laughs> huh? That's not going to work. Why? I just, I mean, I've, I've had this kind of conversation with other, other um, girls I've dated and they're like, no, I would never sign it. Even I'm like, yeah, but things change. Like, Why would never do it? Because they don't want to put it out there that, the, that there could be failure in a relationship. They don't want to like. That's not saying they don't, they don't want to build out that something good bad could happen. It's gonna be a failure. That means that it's gonna be a change. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the thing is, I'm a, I'm a very dedicated person. I don't see that being an issue. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, you don't know. You just don't know what's gonna happen. Anything could happen. Like, and you may not need to be in that situation. And it's just good for you to like go like, yo, don't use me for my money. You know, everything else good. Don't have the money. I don't know. And that's just me. I know. Like last time, like when you know when I got divorced, we did we didn't do that. Um, but we also didn't have anything. We were too young. So it was kind of a good thing that, you know, I did it early. We got divorced early. Well, I'm talking about because you're older now. Right. And you should be wiser. Oh, I am. I mean, I'm hopefully. You know. I mean, I'm a little dumber. We'll see what happens, though. You know, but yeah. believe me, I, they used to say, well, while the men mm. laying in the bed and dreaming, mm. and the women is up and thinking. I was going to say scheming. 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 Women are up scheming. and scheming. Rubbing the hands Scheming, right, because it's mad. Yeah. Uh, mad with dreaming. Yeah, that, that does make more sense. So the question that I was going to ask when we got all in this rabbit hole is, I wait to text back a guy depending on how long he took to answer me. Do guys do that too? And so I, I'm i going to just say, yeah. to me a question? I mean, I'm kind of. It's like not really even a good question. It was a good discussion, though. Like, I mean, kind of. It's like, you know, um, I'll say this to answer the question for the person. Uh, yeah, we do that, but I, I try not to because I don't like playing games, but I have noticed that it backfires when you write the girl more than she writes you, um, and, I, and I don't know why that is. I think it's more of a mental thing. Like, you look at their phone, like, man, this guy's, like, thirsty. When you're not, I'm just kind of, like, being myself. I'm like, I, I text a lot. I text long, like, long bricks of information because that's just how I think, obviously. So, I'm, but I've been trying to, like, tone it down and, and be a little bit more sparse, but it's just not natural to me. But, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's all, you're right, it is all kind of a game. But I'm telling you this, don't never, ever give anybody too much information. Right. I mean. Because I guarantee you, mm -hmm. if you're in a relationship, mm -hmm. eventually they're going to come back and use it. They'll use it against you. I, I did learn that the hard way. Because I remember I told, I told one of my exes about um, something that went down, and she held it against me. And I like, I told you that. Don't so you, I told you that so you could trust me. And instead, she used it till it used it against me. I'm like, and I told you because I was trying to be open and real with you, so you can trust me. But now you just don't trust me, which makes no sense. If they, if they come to you right. and you tell them something, right? I'm telling you, yep, it's gonna come back. Yep. If you if you dated other girl, right? That's between you and the girl. She right. don't need to know that. Right. Why they won't know who you date? No, that don't and, think it matters. And you just matter. Yeah, I mean, a, a girl that I uh, that I used to date briefly um, actually had, um, like, I guess, had, like, dinner or drinks or something like that with, uh, with my ex. 
And she wrote me and goes, hey, I was hanging out with your ex, and I wanted to tell her that, you know, we, like, you know, we hung out. And I'm like, yeah, don't tell her that, because it's not going to go well. Well, I don't know. I remember my mother and father. Mm-hmm. Um, their best friends was, they used to be the other's boyfriend, the other's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And this after I was grown right. and I met him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we grew up together. I used to be his boyfriend. I used to be his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I used to be his girlfriend, you know. Right. But this, like I said, this new generation, Mm -hmm. the only way they know how to communicate Mm -hmm. is through texting. Yeah. If they don't, I hear people talking. Yeah, I talked to him the other day. I said, what did he say? Uh, He said, I said, how did he react? I don't know. I was texting, (laughs) you know. Yeah. And that texting to me, Uh it's... it's like the girl. That's why she couldn't feel it. Right. Yeah. I said it's like it's yeah. texting. Right. It is because like honestly, like I've had people. Uh, where, let me see if he say, if he say love. Right. Then I'll feel it. Right. But if he said like, I don't feel it. You know? Right. You know, it's funny. Um, like honestly, there's a girl that I've I went on a few dates with in the past, and she in person is very like lively and fun and open and and, and sharing and bubbly and all this stuff. But then when we are on text, she like sends like one word at a time. She's very sparse, and I'm like. This is, you're a very different person when we're, when we're like, you know, when we're actually like, like talking. And so I prefer to meet someone without texting as much, but it's hard because I think nowadays, unless it's your family, people get weird when you want to call them. Like, I'd rather call a girl and have a conversation because I think you get more personality, you get more of a, a feel. Um, but yeah, like honestly, like it's, it's weird because like I, I want to call people, but I know I'm the weird one for wanting to call. And that's just, that's where we are now. I don't know. I really do want, I do want to see a change. But yeah. when you when you dating, mm-hmm. go out and just have fun and enjoy the person. Mm. And if it leads to something else, then good. That's the main thing, and you let them and you let them know. You know, we just here to have fun, mm-hmm. and we're not gonna get serious, right? You know, and just going along that way. See, that, I think that's hard though. I feel like I think a lot of people come in and they expect. Like, they look for something. They look for something. I mean, they they think they expect it to, like, to go somewhere. And when the, I don't know, you know what it is? I think a lot of times, um, dating kind of falls on when you meet them in person. Are you attracted to them or not? Like, are you guys compatible? Not just, like, you know, personality-wise, but are you compatible, like, looks-wise? I don't know, like, let me ask you this. Do you have, like, a type that you, in the past, would look for? And has that backfired for you? You, you know, another thing, mm-hmm. in the old days, what they used to tell people mm-hmm. is that uh, if you're dating somebody, especially mm-hmm. if you get serious about them, go and visit their parents' house <laughs> and, and see how their mother and their parents acted and reacted around you. Why? Because you get a sense on how they're going to be. You know, everything you learn mostly is something from your... Uh, your parents or somebody in your household. Right. You get somebody in there and they, uh, uh, you know, they they have seemed mentally fit. Mm-hmm. And then after you get to know them, they, um, you find out they got some flaws that you, maybe you don't want to be dealing with for a lifetime. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm really just wondering, like, is there, like, is there like a, a type of personnel that you look for? Like when you were like dating, when you're like when you're looking for a certain type of girl, was it like looks wise, was it like personality based? Like 
what made what made you like I don't know, what made you like you know uh, I guess being to being in my mom like what made you even like her in the first place? Well, she was aggressive so for some reason. Uh, a lot of time, aggressive women mm. kind of yeah attracted me. I didn't have to do that. Much. Right. I, I actually funny. I think I have the same problem. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm legit. No, I have the same problem because like most of the girls that I've been with, it's like you said, they came to me. And so I didn't have to do anything. So I'm kind of used to just be just chilling. Like, I know um, this is going to be slightly controversial, but not entirely. Um, a lot of people, like, you know, give me crap for having dated white women, right? But I've noticed that white women are more aggressive than black women. Like, I haven't had to work very hard to meet the girls when they've been white. They just come up to me, they start talking to me, they, they start conversations. Wow. Like, black women just don't do it as much. Like, I was out with, uh, you know, the guys the other night, and, wow. like, wow. I got hit on by, like, a couple white girls, and I got hit on by, like, one black girl. Well, the reason I, I think... Uh, the black women don't do that okay. that often because uh, they've been mistreated a lot. Uh, so, how so? Like, uh, I, I know how, but I want you to You know, they've seen their mother being abused, mm -hmm. you know, and beaten and talked down to. Right. And don't want to respect their intellect. Right. Don't want to respect them for being a woman. So they, black women, you see, they play hard to get. Right. Even though they don't want to. Right. But in order to protect themselves, right. they have to be in the reason... It was a, a young lady who was a supervisor out there, but a real beautiful one, mm -hmm. real pretty. Every time she walked down in, in the plant, they started whistling and right. calling, and she just called her, and they said, oh, look, she's stuck up. Mm -hmm. And I got to talking to her, she said, you have to do that to protect it. And she said, if I start smiling and waving my hands mm -hmm. and, and, and talking to them like that, they wouldn't respect me. Right, wow, you know? wow. Yeah, that's rough. So I feel I do I feel like you know like that's, it, that's not yeah that's not fair. I, feel like, I do feel like white women have like almost a, an, a, an what's the word what's the word uh, almost like a, a white privilege to be able to like do that like walk around and smile and still be respected. Um, and then wow, but see you you have to remember, and I've been evaluating this really since I got in the last couple of years. Right, is that what black people have went through? Mm. I mean, if you really honestly look at somebody who brought you over here mm -hmm. you couldn't speak your language right you know yeah they bring you over here and they treat you like a second class they, citizen they, and first you was chained you're chained in a right. boat you was on a boat you come over you worked the, the land and the property right and then when they say you was you freed the slave right then they could come back and pass laws when you're really not free right and yeah and so you and then the way a lot of the black women was raped by the slave Right, master. yeah. You know what? Well, we got the different complexion. Mm -hmm. And so they've been disrespected. And in a way, uh, they carry themselves in a certain way. But then it hurts, too, in relationships because they've been so mistreated. And they find somebody who's going to treat them nice. Right. Then it's now it's their turn right. to yeah. mistreat somebody. That's true, too. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I think that's one of my things. So I'm like, I like... I don't have a preference. I again, like I said, I'm just being lazy, basically. <laughs> like I just, I like all people, well, like all women. That's why I said you judge them. Right, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Though I feel like when they do find somebody nice, it's like now they get a chance to be like kind of like in what's word, like not in control, but more domineering because like they can be because they finally get a chance to be. Well, if you find somebody, this what I would have I been through. All right, when you find somebody that want to be in control. You have to do like the young lady tell you. What? You just don't feel it. Just don't feel it. Yeah. <laughs> like okay, you keep bringing you that back. Yeah. 
who want to be, you don't want to control somebody. Right. Yeah, sometimes women say, I want a man who's going to take over. You right. Know? Who wants that? I, nobody. Uh, I don't. I mean, no, most yeah. of them don't. Like, honestly, I, I mean, what I'm looking for now, I'm looking for somebody that's like. But you, yeah. I think in your case, what yeah. you're looking for uh, is yeah. somebody that you can agree with uh, and that's uh, really in your corner and you can't give them all the time that you can, you want them to understand that. Right. Yeah, I mean, because, like, you know, I have, like, I have goals, I have things I want to do, I'm doing the right. podcast, and, and you have to, a lot of them will be with you for a certain point. Right, you know? yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. mostly what I'm looking for is support, someone to support, somebody that's going to be, like, you know, um, there but and have you your back. what did you find went wrong in your last relationship? I mean, honestly, it was, I mean, a mixture of things. Like, A, I mean, like... Was it her? It was both of us. I, I, I used to blame her at first. Uh, but I kind of hit. Oh, I realized it was not just her. It was things what I was you doing. Blame her for? Uh, so I will say. So example. So we shared this. So like the jealousy thing, right? She okay. she was she could be insecure sometimes, right? She, but she's a great person. But she could be insecure for whatever reason. Um, for me, I was feeding into that insecurity by you know like being very open with other people, um, being very okay. friendly with other people, and so like I didn't really look take stock in the, the kind of person I was with. And how I need to change in order to be with that person, not like change my personality, but like change how I move. To me, I'm you to me, I'm being bad. right. To me, I'm being innocent, right? So like, if I like see a girl and I'm talking to a girl and I'm just on to her as a friend, even though like I have a jealous girlfriend, I didn't change that. I needed to literally be like, yo, I have this kind of person I'm with. I can't act like this because I'm with this person and I care about that person more than entertaining this other person. It's like you know this new person because to me, like you know, most of my friends. Are, you know, or now guys, but at that point, most of my friends were girls, and I felt more comfortable talking to women than I did guys. So it was like, I just rather talk to women. But if I have a girlfriend, I can't do that. That's just, you, you gotta be respectful to who you're with and how they move. It's like, if, example, like if I have a big hang up about drugs and you like drugs or whatever, right? If you wanna be with me, you probably got to give up the drugs. Right. Like, it's I not gonna like work with us. Right. You have to, right. I'm right, me too. So you have to give it up. So it's kind of like, I didn't change my behavior to attune to who I wanted to be with. And I and I totally own that that was my fault. Yeah. Right, and that's good because uh, if you if they doing something you don't like, right, and uh, doing drugs, and a lot of time it changes people's personality. Right, uh, and I mean, you, why would you deal with that? Right, exactly. I mean, and like right. I said, somebody tell you who they are, mm -hmm. but leave them. Right, and I think too. I mean, I've been I, you know I've been going to therapy, so I think like in therapy I've actually learned a lot about like taking personal ownership. And even just like not trying to try to like do this one. This one thing I didn't do either. Um, listening more to what they feel and not what they say because I would get hung up on the exact word she said. Go, that's not right. Yeah, that's not what I mean. But in reality, she is focusing on how the, what the feeling is. And I need to pay attention to the feeling and go. You know what? That's not what I said. But I know why you feel that way and try to be more attuned. And so I wasn't there either. So it's kind of like I've been doing all these steps to kind of build myself up to be a better person. Um, yeah, so, yeah. It's kind of because if you have somebody, yeah. and, you, and you're around <laughs> people, right? you know, yeah. and and you're getting a lot of attention from other people. Mm -hmm. And in, in fact, the other day when I went to an award ceremony, mm -hmm. which they gave me a lifetime award. Right. You know. Like some achievement award, yeah. Achievement mm -hmm. award. And I saw people I hadn't seen females and women. Right. And yeah, hug, right. And then I look at and my spouse and giving me this look. Who you hugging? No, that's the look. Uh -huh. And then you say, oh Lord, now I won't be able to enjoy myself because right. now I got to watch every move I make. Right. 
But on this occasion, mm-hmm. I said, hell with it. Right. I mean, I hey. see you and I know you. I've right. been knowing you. Right. And why should I act like because yeah. I'm with somebody? Right. Because I don't want you to act that way with me. Right. You don't. If I was that way, mm-hmm. then I could understand. Right. Yeah, I get. It. I mean, yeah, that's a thing too. But I feel like, yeah, but you, I think you pick your pick your battles or pick your buckets when I you ain't do that. You know? nothing that I, I mean, well, you're old now, so you don't got you got to worry about it. I've as much. always been like that. Really? Yeah. yeah. You know what an old fool is? What's an old fool? Somebody was a young fool. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot to learn. Apparently, I have a lot to learn. A young fool is an old fool. Fair enough. If you get old, right. and you ain't got wise. That means you've been a fool your whole damn life. <laughs> I think that's a good point to end the podcast on. All right, guys. I think we're going to wrap there. All right. That was good. So, I mean, do you have any any closing words? Anything you want to say to people before you go? I uh, I just want to say stay strong mm-hmm. and believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you meditate, meditate. Meditate. In the morning mm-hmm. and if you come into a situation. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I've seen a thing that's in the multitude of words. Mm-hmm. Sin is not lacking, mm. but he who refrains his lips mm. is wise. Preach. <laughs> I don't know. What does that mean? That means sometimes you see something or something that's happening and just don't, you want to respond. Don't refrain from saying anything. I have a hard time with that. That's, Man. that's why I say that's who is wise. Mm. And uh, I just want to say, you see, I... Yeah. Some of the people I met, I mm-hmm. met Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. I met. Carol, oh, oh, Carol, you know who Carol Mosley Brown. You know yeah. who she is. I do. Uh, she was. I, I I knew at the time. She was uh, Attorney General. No. What? She was Let's the see. first first black black uh, female senator. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, know. I knew something like that. Oh, Johnny Washington. Johnny Cochran. Johnny Cochran. You met Johnny Cochran. Right. You, you, when you didn't have gray hair, you looked like Johnny Cochran. Right. Right. Yep. And when he didn't have great, well, he didn't have great he was like me. <laughs> I mean, you were here first, so tell me. Right. You in win. fact, the other day at the ceremony, uh-huh. uh, some of the guys was telling uh, your your mother and your mm-hmm. sister about Johnny Cochran. They said, "Yeah." They said, "You look at me." They said, "No, he was the real Johnny Cochran." Mm-hmm. So what he did, I, I mean, he did big things. To, and when I met Johnny Cochran, mm-hmm. I told him I had a job. Uh, similar to his, you know what he mm. told me? What he told you? He said, be consistent. Mm. Just be consistent. And we'll let people leave it on that note. Huh. Be consistent, people. Just and like you do when you manscape. And wise. And wise. Be wise. Especially when you're dating. Be wise, <laughs> consistent, and manscape. Sanders 20. For 20% off. Free shipping. Clean your balls. Okay. I want two packages. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. My father, ladies and gentlemen, um, my dad really wants feedback. So do me a favor, guys, if you can, please leave us a note on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you digest this podcast. Please leave us a rating. You know, let us know how good we are. Uh, my dad said to me, he goes, you know, I want to know, am I going to be famous after this show? Am I going to be in these streets? I'm like, yes, dad, you can be in these streets. Yes, dad, you can be famous. You, you could be, but it's up to the people. Um, with that said, the, the people need to help us out here on the show. Uh, again, like I said, the sponsor is Manscaped.com. Sanders 20, 20% off, free shipping. You know the drill, so just do it, guys. Help yourself out.
help yourself out. Um, next week, I don't know what, what, what our show's going to be like. I don't have a guest lined up, but I'll figure it out. I will. Uh, but I want to say to you guys, thank you so much for the support you've given so far. It means a lot. It really has given me a reinvigoration for the passion I've had for this kind of thing. And, and, and I really just want to say thank you, everybody, for, for the love you've given as well. Um, for the people who missed the Waterproof Sponge, our sister podcast, it's not going anywhere. I need to talk with Eric about the details, but, you know, we'll figure that out. He'll probably give a little crap on the next episode um, if he's on it. Uh, about you know the, where the podcast is, but I, I had to make some moves, man. Like to, to explain to you guys, really, um, the old podcast we were doing it at our leisure. We would record randomly every now and again. You know, we didn't really have a schedule, and when I tried to employ a schedule, it didn't work. So I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I have a, a good thing here. I have a solid product. It needs to be re, re, redone. It needs to be reinvigorated, and it needs to be you know showcased in a way that allows it to grow. So I decided I'm taking it seriously now. So I'm promising to episodes every single month that's what i'm promising if we get more than that that's great but in the very least you guys know what you're getting two quality episodes of black man answers cosmo you're gonna learn you're gonna cry you're gonna laugh you're gonna get invested you're gonna love it here okay you're going to love it and with waterproof sponge you're gonna get some great diatribes and great talks but you're gonna get it somewhere else we're gonna do just one thing here and do one thing well and, and that's kind of the goal so if you guys were wondering what happens to the old podcast uh, that's what happened. I, I redid the whole thing. I revamped it. I made a choice, and I'm sticking with it because I can see this being a, a, a path towards my millions.